0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild. I think it's going to be the last one for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to be taking a little break. I know it's the weekend, but I think I'm going to take a little bit more off because I'm worried that if I carry on doing daily, it will affect the quality of the show. So uh, I'm going to take a little weekend to think about what I want to do with this pod um but let me know in the comments below of what you can d kind of, would you prefer less but more time put into them uh would you do you like it being daily in these short bursts I'm still working it out and as it looks like lockdown's easing I'm still I'm, I'm working out a sort of new podcast idea uh so stay tuned because if you like this I've got something I've got other, I've got I'm in talks with other podcasts that I'm going to blow your fucking dick off. But seeing as this might be the last one for a little bit, I thought I'd do a special one on one of the biggest boys gone wild I know, and that's my dad. Um, my dad's actually the wildest boy of any dads I know. Um, and I really think it's a testament to me that I'm less of a dick than I am. Like, some people think I'm a bit of a kind of an arrogant prick but if they only knew how I'd been raised it's an absolute miracle I'm this well adjusted you know I mean for starters I'm called Horatio haven't even talked about that I'm 20 episodes in and I haven't mentioned the fact that my name's fucking Horatio yeah my dad his name is John yeah his dad's also called John So, and it says a lot about my dad, the fact that I'm called Horatio. Basically, my dad's done fairly well for himself in his life as a businessman, if you will. He's very think big, work smart, you know. He's very like that. But he's actually a guy called John who's from Greenwich. And my granddad uh, sold lettuce in Covent Garden Market. So, the fact that I'm called Horatio... It may seem like it's because I'm very old money posh, but actually, the only people who call called names like Horatio are children of people who don't know what posh people call their kids, but want to seem like they're posh. Does that make sense? Because no posh kid's called Horatio. They're actually called like Hugo or Milo or something like that. They're more subtle. They've got more taste, you know? My dad calling me Horatio is like a footballer buying a big gold watch in a Ferrari, you know? It's like it's like being Scottish and calling your son Haggis. You know, technically it is Scottish, but no Scottish person would ever call it ha- like Haggis McTartan, you know? My dad's called John, my mum's called Lindsay, my name's Horatio, and my sister's name is Lucia. Yeah? And we're the first generation of people in our family who can be called names like that and not uh, be beaten up constantly throughout our lives. But my dad—he's—he's he's a bit of a maniac. He's like a—he's like a cross between Ricky Gervais and Russell Brand. Both of those comedians really remind me of my dad. Uh, he's just because part of him is like Ricky Gervais in a sense that he's this sort of no nonsense, um, very like logic based. Um, Aggressive humor, very openly arrogant, very loud has a very loud laugh, but then he's recently uh over the last ten years has this has had this sort of pseudo spiritual enlightenment uh which is why he now lives where he currently is the reason why you haven't seen any mention of him being in my life currently he now lives in Bali, okay my dad lives in Indonesia he's lived there for the last three years because he went over there to set up a basically a yoga cult called Strength and Surrender um, with the mission statement spreading global, uh, raising global consciousness Um, because my dad's had this sort of uh, spiritual crisis for the last kind of 10 years and he really likes entertaining the idea that he's on a sort of journey of spiritual enlightenment uh, which is why he does yoga six times a, a week but it's just it just doesn't work with his personality because he's still like fucking John. He still loves West Ham, but then occasionally he will talk about fucking chakras. It just doesn't. The two people don't quite fit. Um, but his his yoga cult strength and surrender that he set up out in Indonesia, um, yeah, you know, it, it didn't work. But it was a funny. It's so funny. So he thought he was kind of changing the world um, by basically getting idiots who are sick of their jobs, like quite high-paid idiots, to come over to Bali and go through this spiritual kind of course called Strength and Surrender and pay ludicrous amounts of money. And then they'll get spiritually enlightened um, through this course. Uh, But basically, they're just paying for a really nice holiday. And then they come out afterwards saying, that was brilliant. Of course it was brilliant, because you spent thousands of pounds on a holiday in Bali. Um, And I once said, asked my dad, it's like, how... um, how are you raising global consciousness by just making a yoga cult for a very select few of people with quite a lot of money? And he goes, well, think about it. If the bosses are happy, then that happiness will be passed on to people who they're working for. And that's when I realized how deep the capitalist ideology had run through my dad to the point where he was applying trickle-down economics to spiritual enlightenment. It was a real wild realization when you realize that it's so deep in someone's core, all the tenets of capitalism that <laughs> he's applying trickle down economics, but to uh, spiritual enlightenment. Um, but my he just gets himself into a lot of he just doesn't he doesn't. There's a lot of things I respect to my dad, and the, mainly is that he doesn't really give a fuck what anyone thinks, and he'll just do whatever he wants, whatever makes him happy. And he's very he's a happy person. And that's one thing I'll, uh, I do, the thing I most appreciate my dad is that he's happy, so I don't have to worry about him ever, because he's taking care of his own happiness, which is underrated, because most adults are miserable, um, and that's actually quite stressful for a child, having a miserable parent, but dad, as much as he's a prick, as much as he's ruined most Christmases, (laughs) nearly every Christmas, he's got drunk and started slagging off people around the table, um, um at least he's uh he's happy you know part of his happiness is the fact that he uh since he's left my mum, well since my my parents divorced um he uh has been on a sort of rampage of progressively younger girlfriends uh he's been getting older they've been getting younger it's sort of like a Leonardo DiCaprio type thing uh, even though my mum's the exact same age as him um since he's been let off the leash, it's just been progressively going down. He he had a rule that he'd never go out with anyone closer to my sister in age than him. Quickly threw out the window. Um, I think his current girlfriend is 31 years old, I think. Um, which was a wild experience because he's, he was going out with her. And my ex was 32 years old. So, I don't know how healthy it is for a child to have a girlfriend who's older than his dad's girlfriend. Um was just uh, well we all the four of us went out for dinner and it was quite a clusterfuck of emotions <laughs> to say the least. So once again as much of a, as a prick of I am it's a miracle I'm not more of one. Um they're from all over the globe. The amount of times I've been, as a child, had just different foreign women in broken English leave crying uh, as my dad's been like, I don't know. But I think it's partly because I have a definitely a uh, normally attraction to older women, which I think is definitely something psychological about the fact that my dad is so into young women. It really makes me feel guilty. So I think it's more me trying to uh, rebalance, bring balance back to the universe uh, by sort of, leveling the playing field a bit by going out with someone who's older but one of my favourite stories my dad with complete confidence will tell you the most the things that would embarrass and cripple anyone else um, one of my favourite stories about my dad he always he's I think he's got he's probably got dyspraxia like me but he always manages to get himself in the most ridiculous situations uh, one of my favourites was he was I think he was in Dubai um, because he works in the travel industry and uh there was a big conference there and on the last night of the conference everyone got really pissed Um, and he was staying in a room with one of his colleagues they were staying in separate beds Um, and he was super drunk and he sleeps naked which has caused so many problems Um, he sleeps naked and he woke up in the middle of the night desperate for a piss so he... feels around for uh, the to- the bathroom door and opens it, walks into the bathroom, looks for the toilet, uh, scrubs around, can't find it anywhere. And then he realises he's not in the bathroom, he's in the hallway. But it's pitch black. He doesn't remember what room number it is. So now he's stuck in the hallway of this hotel. It's three in the morning. He's start naked and as he unnecessarily told me, was semi-erect, which I didn't need to hear. Um, so he's now in a real struggle, because if he knocks on the wrong door, then that's quite a dangerous situation to be in. Imagine being woken up at three in the morning by a naked man with a semi-erect penis. <laughs> Could have even been with one of his colleagues. But he still needed a piss um and my dad's a solution guy he's not a problem guy <laughs> so <laughs> so then he goes down to the elevator um and you know how in like quite traditional hotels they have like those sand buckets and i think of for either ashtrays or uh, to stop fire putting out fires i forgot what they're for and uh, it had like in the sand it had printed the logo of the hotel and then him with a semi-erection just pissed into the sand (laughs) and just tried to uh, trace the logo Um, he finally comes back and takes a gamble at the room luckily well luckily for him unluckily for the story uh, it was the right room Uh, goes back in fine problem solved He had a laugh with his friend. Uh, The next day, they're leaving the hotel. Remember, he's the boss of this group of people at the conference. He's one of the people in charge. Um, He's leaving the hotel in the morning and uh, one of the hotel staff calls Dad in uh, to have a little word with him. And then they've got CCTV footage of him running up and down the hallway naked with an erection and then eventually weeing <laughs> in the sand bucket. And they were like, Mr. Gould, is this you, <laughs> Um. And yeah, I just, I'd love, I'd love to see that tape. I mean, he did, but once again, he'll tell you this with a big beaming smile on his face, incredibly proud of himself. Um, I think what what a memory once again caused by the fact that he refuses to put any clothes on when he sleeps uh me and my friends i think it was my 16th birthday maybe 15th birthday i would got them all up to the flat in london and uh w- <laughs> we were drinking um for my 15th birthday we were up in uh his flat in london And we were young, we were drinking for the fact, it was still one of the first kind of gatherings we'd all had. We were getting drunk, we were playing FIFA. Uh, There was like nine of us. Um, I think even, it was so 15 year old, like we even tried to buy weed. Uh, My friend bought it, uh, trying to act all cool. Uh, Came back like, boys, I've got the stuff. Uh, We opened it and it was lavender. Um, And that was like, these guys had, barely any of them had ever been to London because they were coming up from Sussex. So it was just funny that, The first drug deal was a lavender uh, con. But we're all getting drunk, playing FIFA, and we're making quite a lot of noise. Um, It was like three, four in the morning, and then my dad uh, wakes up, um, realises he's naked, uh, so uh, puts a T-shirt on, uh, and knocks on the door to tell us to be quiet. But as is my dad's, often my dad's logic, he thinks, yeah, okay, I don't want to embarrass my son, so I'm going to stick a T shirt on, but I'm not gonna put anything on the bottoms. So when he poked his head round the door to say be quiet, um that wasn't the only thing that poked round the door. Uh his dick was also round the door. Um and I don't think I ever really lived that down because about three seconds after he'd shut the door, we said yeah yeah sure, sure, sure Uh one of my friends goes, I think I just saw Horatio's dad's dick and it was over. You know, in assembly, people would be like saying, asking questions like, so what is it? And people would shout out, Horatio's dad's dick. Like, I never really lived it down. But you know, he he is still, he's himself. He's never been anyone but himself. Um, and it's it's an interesting challenge trying to navigate who you are when you've had such uh, unconventional parenting, including his, his drug chat. Uh, he once sat me and my sister down to talk about drugs. Um, I'm sure we've all had these sort of conversations, but his uh, chat was right try everything, don't do heroin and meth, not worth it that was his uh, advice, he says do everything but heroin and meth, those will fuck you up the rest is fair game Um, I was 12 years old you know, but weirdly I think I have a pretty healthy relationship with drugs so maybe it's the i mean it could have gone one of two ways but i haven't done heroin or meth and uh so maybe he's a good parent when it comes to drugs <laughs> um one of my uh, uh, another one of my favorite stories that really sums up uh my dad is He's been on this quest of spiritual alignment for a while now and he keeps trying to take it to the next level. So he keeps doing more complex yoga moves. He keeps coming back with new ideas. Uh all this kind of vague Western spirituality. Uh very Namaste pea chia seeds and pokeballs. Um very Bali uh Western spirituality. Um But then he really wanted to test himself once. Um so what he did was Uh, he decided that he was going to go to India to go to like, I don't really know how it works, but basically in one branch of yoga, uh, he was going to go to like the holy site and uh, kind of be with some of the gurus and the masters of that tradition. So like going to like the Mecca of yoga. But part of it was that you had to do 20 days of pure silence. So my dad said, like, I'm ready for it. Uh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to test myself. I'm going to go to the next level. Um, and what I like about him is that he will try these things. But what I also like about him is that um, if if he's not enjoying anything for a second, he will give up on it. So <laughs> so he went there. He got an Instagram post, and uh, I think he lasted about half a day, and then got too bored and was like, "Nah, <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> not that spiritual yet. <laughs> not that spiritual." <laughs> yeah that's sort of that's all. Sort of, I could do another episode with my dad he's there's so many mad shit um I probably will do another episode um but that's the end of this episode um but yeah i'm I'm gonna take a break Pro- I might do another one on Wednesday, but I'm just gonna take a little more a break to kind of resort out some of my ideas, but yeah, I'd recommend actually if you um are dying to hear more content from your boy uh check out my old student radio shows uh they're still up all up on youtube i'll link them down below uh i've i've got a show from every pretty much every week i was at uni me and my uh co comedy partner andrew Kerwin uh did a show every week we had guests on and stuff and they're actually they're still really good shows um, and everything I've learned about doing this, I've basically learned from that show. So I list the later ones of those, but there's about seven seasons of those shows. There's about 50 shows on there. Um, so if you uh, want to see more, I understand why you wouldn't, but uh, give them a go. They're all on YouTube. Um, yeah, I think that's it. I think that's it. So it might be a little while before I see you again. And yeah, follow me on Instagram as well, because that's where I'll be doing updates on what I'm doing. Um but yeah see you whenever